So today is the absolute last day to get registered for Christ School of Ministry. We've got to order books this week. So if you haven't yet done that or turned that in, please turn it in to me uh, today. Um, also, if you need to be water baptized, and maybe you don't know if you need to or not, but you can talk to me or Byron or any of the elders about that. And uh, we're going to have a baptism on September 3rd at the Crowley. So I want to keep mentioning that. So see me if you want to be baptized so we can know who those people are going to be. And um, 20-somethings, amazing race, August 13th. There's a baby shower for Heather Wicker on uh, August the 14th. And the place for that is to be announced. We'll let you know where that's going to be. So... um, Having said that, if we can get our ushers to come up, and uh, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. Yee-hee! Gabe, yeah, you got something to add? Nah, it's a man of few words. So, Lord, we just thank you for a great, great time with you, Lord, and uh, we just pray this offering would just, um, just reap a bountiful harvest, Lord. And uh, we just thank you for your goodness. Amen. All right. Byron, you want to say something about the leadership meeting? Okay, well, we've been, we've taken a couple months off from having the meeting because, you know, summertime vacation, et cetera. But one thing we we're talking about doing and uh, this time, which is going to be a little bit different than the other times, is we... Uh, we felt like um, this summer the Lord gave us a... Well, Mary Stephan had a vision about the Lord binding the strong man in our church. And um, so we decided the way to bind the strong man is to pray. That's the best way to do it. So we started, you know, with the leaders of the church, uh, we started meeting on Tuesday nights, and Marlon was our leader for just for prayer. And... Um, I'm not the greatest getting group prayer person there is because I get distracted so easily. But it was probably one of the first times I was in, involved in a prayer meeting like that that I really felt like it was really the Lord. Even when I didn't feel like the prayer and praying was all that great, when I would get through, I knew that we were doing what God wanted us to do. And I personally believe the Lord has really uh, deflected some things that the enemy had for us through the prayers. Um, in fact, I know, uh, personally speaking, that the Lord has protected me from some things that that, the, that Satan had planned for me. The Lord delivered me out of them. Um, he really did. And so I, well, let me just tell you what happened to me. This, these are two crazy things that happened. Uh, I got stung two times where I felt a bee land on me and sting me, but there was no bee and there was no whelp, and there was no nothing. But I clearly went, slammed my arm, thinking there was a bee there. Thinking, felt, you know how a bee sting feels when that thing sinks into you? You know, it's a clear, distinct feeling. You know when you got stung. I knew I was stung. But it was really, there was really nothing there. It wasn't my imagination, because I don't imagine such things as that. I mean, I imagine good things, you know. <laughs> I felt like the Lord said, Those, that's witchcraft coming against you. And he was let, just, you know, sometimes God lets you in on things spiritually just so you will be aware and so you can have faith to function. And then, then I found out, you know, through a whole 
different situation about something the enemy had planned to do to me. And, and it was through prayer because I told him, hey, y'all need to pray for me. I think, you know, I'm being oppressed by witchcraft here. And, and the Lord delivered me out of possible difficulties. So, um, so we were talking, Becky and I were talking about what we want to do is pray for people uh, this Monday. And we wanted to invite other people uh, to come. And, you know, Chuck even got a separate word, called me and said, you know, we need to pray for people. Um, people who feel like that God's called them to do things. Uh, if you have something you feel like God's called you, if you're involved in a ministry in this church, or if you're involved in a ministry outside the church, or, or you just need prayer, we want to invite you to come, and that's what we're going to do is pray for people. And pray, you know, for God's, whatever your needs are. You know, if you feel like God has something for you and you're struggling to get there, or if you feel oppressed in your life, or you feel like you need wisdom from God. Because I'm telling you, I believe that's been the most important thing that we've done this summer. More than anything else, I really believe this. That has been the most important thing that we've done is prayer. I don't think it's been anything else. Is that we have, you know, because the Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's what it says in the Bible. I don't always feel very fervent or very effectual when I'm praying just from a feeling standpoint. I feel opposite. Usually I feel stupid and crummy and is this the Lord? And But I just know that God is bigger than our feelings. And when God wants you to do something like prayer, there's a reason for it, a big reason. And I've, you know, wanted to keep doing it. And usually I'm wanting to stop. Let's stop. We've done enough of this. <laughs> Let people who have an anointing, you know, there's some people who have a real anointing to pray. Let them do it. You know, I, you know, let me go do what I have an anointing to do. But, man, I just feel like every time I do it, I'm like, man, this was the right thing to do. We've got to keep doing it. And so if you want to come, what we'll do is we'll, you know, have a, some way of laying hands on you and praying for you and really getting the word of the Lord for you. Y'all got that? So yeah. it's at 7 o'clock, and it'll be back there in a 24-7 building instead of 6. It says 6, but it's really at 7. So if you come at 6, you just have to pray by yourself. So that was a long announcement uh, about prayer, and uh, so, but I really encourage you to come because I don't usually want to be doing this kind of stuff. And so if I'm wanting to do it, you know it's got to be God. <laughs> and I now, okay, so trying to. Oh, what I wanted to do is well, Jim is going to share some testimony about what God did in South America. But before he does. Uh, and I appreciate him sharing those scriptures. I wanted Bobby to come up and read some scriptures to us, Bobby Coggins. Uh, because I always think it's important, no matter what you do, you always need to have the scripture involved in what you're doing. So Bobby has a couple of verses he feels like the Lord gave him just to read out to you and then, Jim. I have no idea how this necessarily fits, except the fact that the Word of God is established. It's eternal. And, and the scriptures that just kept coming to me, and I was hesitant to, to want to, you know, say them out loud necessarily to people. But as I was contemplating whether or not it was just, you know, the Lord encouraging me or whatever, uh, a brother came up and laid his hands on me and, and prayed for me. So it encouraged me to, to, to do this. But uh, the scriptures that came to me were, you know, when Jesus said in the book of Revelations, I am the first and the last. I'm the Alpha, the Omega. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. 
I'm the beginning and the end. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And when Byron's speaking of the sting, it reminded me that he has removed the sting of death. We, not, we don't need to be afraid. You know, but we do need to move in the mercy and the grace of God that we understand that is our foundation. No other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus, the Lord. He is our sacrifice. When, when the uh, Pharisees were speaking to Jesus, and Jesus said, Abraham saw my day, and he rejoiced. And they said, now we know you're crazy. You're not even 50 years old. And, and you say, Abraham saw you? He knew you? Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. This is our foundation, people. I mean, this is not about your good works. You're establishing your righteousness because you can't do it. The best that you can come up with is filthiness. That's all of us. But the grace of God is that He loves us. And He gave Himself for us before the foundations of the world. He was the Lamb of God. He, he laid down His life. Jesus said, no man takes my life. I lay it down. I have power to lay it down, the power to raise it up again. And this is the foundation that's in us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. This is the Spirit that we've received. I just, I, I know that the Word of God is secure. You know, and I feel secure in the Word of God. So I, I just, I, I believe that the Lord would, would have me share the Scriptures. <laughs> well, I love following the Holy Spirit around and watching what He does. And we just spent two and a half minute, uh, months minutes um, in Argentina following the Holy Spirit around and watching Him do wonders and I wish I could tell you everything that I saw Him doing I wish I could impart to you the awe of seeing the Lord do hundreds literally by some counts we saw up to about a thousand healings we had 658 healings, I think, during the Randy Clark conference, and then we saw two or three hundred after that um, in ministry with our missionary candidates that we have in Argentina. Some of them radical healings, of uh, restoration of sight, uh, someone totally stone deaf left the meetings hearing, uh, total restoration of things. We, I, little girls who had orthopedic shoes because she was born with a birth defect. Uh, leg grows out. And she's jumping around the church and kicking her feet up over her head and, and dancing around and the mama's on the ground, you know, bawling and squalling and praising God because her baby's dancing for the first time in her life. And, you know, junk like that on a daily basis is really fun. Um, it's absolutely wonderful fun. And I'm not going to 
share much this morning. I want to be able to give a little bit of time to Allison and Dean to share what they saw. Uh, but I do want to just thank you. I don't know if you remember, right before we left, Kathy took up an offering um, for the work in Argentina for children's works and things down there, and we got about $800. And um, I just wanted to tell you that part of that we did, I just put up a picture out here on the missions bulletin board. It's got a postcard, and I translated what was written by a missionary family that's serving up in San Antonio de los Cobres, the town where there's arsenic in the water. And last year, Doug and Ann went up there, and they installed a water filtration system in the church. And this missionary family at least can drink clean water and... And they sent a card of thanks, and there's a little information on that. But Kathy went out and bought a whole suitcase full of gifts for this family that's living in this really remote and difficult place. Everything from duct tape for the father to bath and body works for the mom, gifts for the 15-year-old daughter, and the son got him a Walkman. And, and they were just, you know, just really blessed to know that there were people here in the States they didn't even know that cared about them enough to send those gifts. And, and, and she had just gone through a miscarriage. And so it just was a, it was a great time for them to feel like people were loving them and, and caring about them. And, and then um, Nova used a good portion of the money to buy furniture and equipment for the children's ministry at the base. They got some cribs uh, for the children. It's not typical to do child care. And how many mothers... Uh, enjoy having that two-year-old in your lap during church, you know, when you're trying to, you know, it's, so it's good. We we can provide that for everybody. So uh, that was great. Um, and also a feeding center that some of our, our students had started um, in their home. They're feeding, what, about 50 kids a day, something like that? About 60 to 70 kids a day um, in, in out of their home, you know, and and that's work. If you're feeding 70 kids every day at lunch and doing a Bible lesson with them every day, that's a lot of work. And right when we got there, they'd run out of money for food. They had no food money to give them, and the money came just in time to buy the food they needed to be able to keep on feeding the kids. So it was. I just wanted you to know that the gifts that you gave really are bearing fruit, and they really were used of the Lord. So it, that was wonderful. And if you want to hear the long version, I'll tell you the long version in private. And I want to give Allison Dean first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, the Vacation Bible School, they took up an offering and they sent down like... you. Um, I think you sent down school supplies, okay? Well, Nova gets these school supplies, and she says, well, we just bought everything we need from the nursery with we the offering. What are we going to do with this vacation Bible school stuff? And so we didn't really know what to do with it, but the next Sunday we took a team out to minister at a church uh, in another city across the river, a town called Corrientes. And we were having lunch with the family. We were suffering missionaries eating tenderloin and ribs and st Argentine beef down there and, and, you know, suffering for Jesus. But somebody's got to do it. And, and so we were sitting around the table. There was 15 or 20 of us at this big table, and we were, we were eating at Fausto's house. And, and um, the 
the candidates, some of our candidates and their youth leader decided that they wanted the, the adolescents uh, to have an outreach. And so they began to pray about what the Lord wanted them to do. And they found a little country school, a one-room schoolhouse, they didn't even have a blackboard. None of the students had shoes. They didn't have any composition books, no pencils, crayons, anything to work with. And so these young people went out there and blessed that. They, they call it faith in action is what they're calling their group. And they went out and cleaned up the school and fixed up and gave all that stuff that the Vacation Bible School offering went. And it so encouraged this group of young people from the church in Corrientes, they've already adopted three more schools. Because they saw it as the provision of God, and they said if God can provide for one school, He can provide for three more. And so they're, they're out there doing the deeds. And so that gift not only blessed some children that didn't have school supplies, but it encouraged a group of on-fire young people to go out and bless others. So it, it, was, it was really effectively used. I really appreciate that. Amen. First of all, I want to say, Matt introduced Lorena Fitzgerald, but if you look at her and she doesn't look really Irish, this is Luisa's sister, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> Has a little more of an Argentine look. Um, also, Luisa and Nova send their love, and they're doing so good, and it was just so nice to be at their house and eat asado and which is massive amounts of meat at one time. And, um, and then Larry and Cheryl, they just made their home our home and were so awesome, and I forgot how much I missed them, and uh, especially Larry's tenderness. I just forgot, and uh, it was really hard to leave them. So this says gracias. For those of you who aren't as fluent as I am in Spanish, that means thank you. Um, and it says, thanks so much for your gift to us. This is coming from Vija Elba. There's a feeding center in Vija Elba. If you, if you go to Vija Elba, you will you know, automatically realize just what need there is out there. And um, it, it was awesome when we were there. The, the, literally, the sewer runs through the street. The, the kids run around barefoot. There's so much crime, prostitution, rape, incest. And yet yeah, there's so much love being poured out by ordinary people. There's no group down there. There's no mainstream ministry down there. There's just people down there that see the need and respond to the Lord. And a lot of the stuff that we sent over went to Vija Alba. So now they're not only feeding them food, but we've given them supplies for their Bible studies. And I'll give these to Tony and Cindy, and they can post these pictures out on the board also. Um, but she says, thanks so much for the gift. We pray the Lord blesses your work for him with love in Jesus, the Magna Sosa family. And I'll show you some pictures from that also. But I've, I just did some pictures I was going to show you real quick. That, um, that little girl on the left, her name is Brisa, and she's the most adorable little girl. Um, when she would see you from across the room, her face would light up. And she'd get this great big smile on her face, and then she'd run with her arms open into your arms and hold her. Her dad left her when she was two years old, and she's growing up without a dad. Her mom makes 150 pesos a month. That's $50 a month is what they live on. And um, so I want to give her to you to pray for. And then that's my daughter, Lizzie, who's so cute in the middle. And then uh, Victoria, and this is Victoria's house that they have this feeding center. They have nothing in their living room for furniture because they bring 50 to 70 kids in every day and feed them in their living room. They're just sold out 
for the work of the Lord. Their lives are not their own. They've been bought with a price. The next picture. But anyway, Brisa came and she gave me an ashtray as a gift, so I'm going to take up smoking just so I can use it. <laughs> this is the living room, and um, again, they, they come in and, and they share, and they don't just feed the kids. They give them Jesus. They really do, and it's, it's just absolutely awesome. But this is the living room. This is the feeding center there right in Mario and Maria's living room. Next picture. Um, this is basically how the feeding center is. Their stove is this basically this burner that sits on the ground. It's fed by propane, and they make these huge pots of food, and, um, and that's what they feed the kids. Um, matter of fact, I showed you Brisa. Her mom and her go there every day. Her mom works there, and then they're sure that Brisa has at least one good hot meal a day. And that's Maria. This is her home. Um, there's just a, a few of the people that work at the center. Um, that girl there, I think her name is Pamela. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, she, she might be here one day, too. Yeah, she has friends in the States. <laughs> All right, next picture. Um, one, one, and that's, uh, that's actually Brisa's mom in the red pants there. One of the things that was real neat is that, you know, my mindset when I went there was to be used of the Lord to hear the Lord and then do what he said to do. And when I was in Vija Elba, even though the, the children there are actually poorer than the children here, the Lord didn't speak anything specific for me to do. Now, we support that feeding center on a regular basis and work closely with the, with the Magna Sosas on that, but the Lord didn't speak anything specific to do. But then we came to this feeding center, and it, the, I guess the, the, it was cold and it was rainy, and there were kids that didn't even have shoes. And when some of the kids got up to sing, even the, the seats of their pants had holes in them, not just their knees. And the Lord just made that so clear to me and said, I want you to buy them clothes. And so we were able, I, I mentioned it, and then there were other people from the team, uh, stuff from um, uh, Don and Linda Yeans Church were there. And when I mentioned that, I had several people give me money. And then Pamela, the girl we, we showed you, she went and got the, the kids literally by name, 62, 63 kids by name and by age and by size of clothes. And then we went around buying clothes for these kids. And she had them, you know, perfectly categorized. And we were in, okay, this is the size we're buying now. This is the size. When we told the people, it's really neat because Jewish will translate in Spanish. I would tell Pamela what to say and she would get deals. So it's, it's, it's a neat anointing because it flows. And... Um, we got people to give us 15 and 20% discounts and throw in 10 shirts here and things like that. And then we came back, and you can't see it, but to the right there's a door where there's the bedroom. And we brought the clothes in, and uh, Maria didn't want the kids just coming in and having like a shark feeding frenzy. So she had the clothes in there, and then the kids would be singing, and then they'd go out and they'd get one kid, and they'd mark them off the list, and they'd give them their clothes and send them out. And then that kid would come out with brand new clothes in their arms. And then the next kid, well, it didn't take long before the kids started realizing what was going on. So every time the door opened, they'd pop their head to see if they were the next one. And we were able to give pants and shirts and shorts and dresses and shoes to 60-some kids. And it was, it was incredible. And next picture. I mean, look at that face. <laughs> <Can you? laughs> Can you see that kid in want and not want to do something? I mean, she is so adorable. Yeah, yeah. She is so adorable. Okay, next one. And that's, that's Brees' mom. And the next one. And we'll turn that. 
<laughs> and these are just some kids outside, Mario and Maria's. And the thing about these kids, you know, I told you the bad story about the living conditions and all that. But look at their faces. I'm going to tell you there, you know, I keep hearing about the open heaven there. There's just something awesome there. And, and I think what it is, is that their lives aren't tied up in living their lives. Their lives are tied up in pouring it out to somebody else. And when you're constantly pouring your life out to somebody else, you don't realize how bad you got it. Is you're seeking first the kingdom, then all these things are added unto you. And the Lord is giving you. And so rather than living a life where 90% of your time is taking care of your eating and your drinking and your buying your clothes and all those things that Jesus says not to worry about, and 10% is in doing the Lord's will, making sure you're pleasing Him by coming to church on Sunday. And last Sunday, I felt like I was pleasing Him by coming to church. And He reminded me <laughs> that He was giving me an invitation to come and join Him. It was not me going to Him. It was Him inviting me. And, and it was just, you know, and so you see these kids' faces, and you don't see sorrow and pain on them. You, you see the joy of the Lord on them, even at that age. And they're incredible kids. The next one. And that, you know, we can turn that if you want. They don't eat on their sides. Um, but, you know, there they are eating the food. It was just such a blessing to be able to... Uh, to feed them the food. And then you could hear the kids laughing at us. Those who spoke Spanish let us know about how they were making fun of our Spanish. Um, even at that age, it was real cute. <laughs> Next one. And now that's, this is a prayer request. I want you to take this real, real seriously, okay? That's Freddie and Alvira Magnusosa. And they, uh, they do the feeding center in Vija Alba. She was diagnosed 20 years ago with bone cancer and given six months to live. And she goes out to the feeding center three days a week and feed those kids they just found that the cancer spread to the soft tissue. It's in her liver. She's not going to take chemotherapy. She wants to be healed by the Lord. So really pray for her, okay? Alvira Magnososa, pray for her. This is it at the base. No, that's what I love about Argentina. I'm tall. Lord, you're able to, um, you're, you're over time and space. So, Father, just as this lady was standing right here right now, we uh, lay our hands on her and speak uh, life to her in Jesus' name. And we condemn this cancer. Lord, we condemn it in Jesus' name. And we release the healing virtue that's in Christ alone into her body right now, Lord. Right now, in Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Right now. Be whole. And Lord, we just believe, you know, by faith that you are able to take this prayer on this screen and drop it into her body. And the healing be released. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen. That means so be it. And uh, next picture. And um, that's Pamela, I think, again, um, with Lizzie. And uh, if Andrew has his way, Pamela will be part of our family in a couple of years. Uh, and they're, um, they're getting ready to get, or Lizzie is, Pamela stayed there. We got on a, on a bus, and after traveling for 25 hours to get to Argentina, we got on a bus and drove 12 hours to go to Salta. And I'm going to turn it over to Allison to talk to you about everything else that happened.
Well, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Sato. Um, can I sit down? Is that okay if I sit down? Please? No? Okay. Okay. Um, there, um, there was really a lot of things, a lot of reasons why I didn't want to go to Argentina this year. Um, and they were, you know, pretty logical, but I felt like the Lord told me to go. So I went and didn't really have, I had expectations, but they weren't very high. Um, I mean, I had friends to go visit, but I really felt like the Lord told me to go. And I knew it was going to be um, hard. And I went, and the Lord completely exceeded any expectations, even the little um, pieces of them that they were. And through the whole trip, it was just like the Lord just showed his faithfulness to me and that the little the little things that I felt, the little nudgings of the Spirit, even no matter how ridiculous they seemed, when I obeyed and I followed them, how the Lord would open doors and allow me to experience things that I couldn't I couldn't even imagine or dream of. Um, last year when I came back from Argentina, the first day I came to Karina's shower, um, and Alejandro and Ruth Ruse were there, and I felt like, um, I was like, I need to work on my Spanish. I need to work on my Spanish. And so they invited me to their church in Charlotte. And I started going um, because I felt like the Lord told me to go. And it wasn't because I really enjoyed it, because I really didn't understand much, and it was long, and it was an hour away, and it was at nighttime, and I had school in Charlotte the next morning. But after a couple months, the Lord began to change my heart to where I loved going. And to where it was like, and then I started becoming a part of their family and going to their house once a week and just Spanish, just Spanish, 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 Spanish. And to where that church sent me to Argentina when I left. And that Spanish, to where if I, w if I wouldn't have obeyed, going to the church and the Lord ended up changing my heart I wouldn't have been able to have conversations with people prayed for people translated for people to get healed that wouldn't have even been possible if I wouldn't have obeyed that little nudging that seemed ridiculous and I was tired and I didn't want to go to Spanish church but I went and the Lord blessed it and also when I came back I had an opportunity to work with the middle school youth here and I don't feel called to middle school youth and, and I really was like Lord why but I went and I was obedient and the Lord changed my heart again and to where I love the middle school youth here and the Lord just really opened my heart I was able to share with them learn how to deal with 14 year olds you know learn how to be their friend learn how to talk in front of people without getting scared to where when I was in Argentina, I had an opportunity to go with Larry and Cheryl and Luis to Paraguay for the weekend to the Vineyard Church, which happened to be planted by Alejandro and Ruth Ruse, which I was now a part of their church in Charlotte. So I got to be a part of the other church they planted in Paraguay. Luis went to go visit his grandpa and left the meeting up to me and Larry uh, and an hour before the meeting started. <laughs> and so and before we left, Jim was like, well, you remember in Christ School of Ministry, I told you that you need to be ready at an hour's notice to share on any topic. So here's your opportunity. <laughs> and it was awesome because it wasn't me. And the Lord showed up. And Larry shared. And it was like we had an hour. And I was like, all right, Larry, what are you getting? And, and so he told me what he was getting. I was like, all right, that's similar to mine. So he shared about about everyone having the gifts of the Spirit and everyone working together as the body. And then I felt like I was supposed to share about like personal prophetic stuff. And I was planning on sharing in English and we had a translator who was a precious lady that we were staying with 
and um, but I prayed in Spanish, and the, the Holy Spirit fell. And I continued, and I shared the whole message in Spanish. And it wasn't me, and I knew it wasn't my, it wasn't anything that I had done, but it was the promptings of the Lord, and how when I obeyed, He was faithful. And he just rose up in me. And I, I shared to the youth in Paraguay in the vineyard. And the Lord came. And they started prophesying over each other. And people started getting set free and praying for people. And it was incredible. And it wasn't anything to do with me. It was what the Lord was doing. And how when I followed what he told me to do. And when I obeyed the little things, how ridiculous they seemed. How he was faithful. And he continued to show himself faithful. So... That was Paraguay, a little piece. And there was a guy had a dream that I was in two months earlier. And when I got up I sh and started sharing, I said the exact same thing that I had said to him in his dream two months earlier. Just incredible stuff that I was like, uh, you know, I said, I, when I feel at home, I'm barefoot and I take my shoes off. That's random. Most people don't dream that I tell them, you know, just things like that that you know it's the Lord. So um, that was, you know, just how the Lord is faithful. And then when we went to Salta, I really didn't want to go to Salta. Another, I didn't want to do it. Um, because there was, we were going to Salta for a week, and then when we came back, we had three days. And I really, there was a lot of people that I really wanted to talk to, a lot of friends that I had gotten to know. But when we were doing the video project, I was in front of the computer for a month and really didn't have much personal contact. So I really wanted to talk to Nova. I really wanted to talk to Gloria. There was people that I really felt like, I was like, Lord, I really want to talk to them before I go. And I don't want to go to Salta because I want to talk to these people, but I, they were, most of them were in Salta. And it was like when I got there, all of a sudden, Rosa, one of the candidates, came and she was like, will you pray for me? I'm here and I don't know why I'm supposed to be here. And I came and I gave on my vacation and I just feel discouraged and I'm asking the Lord and he's not speaking to me. Will you pray for me? So I prayed for her and then I went to go eat and the next morning she's like, the Lord spoke to me and she's sharing with all the candidates about all these visions and stuff. And, and it was just like incredible to see how that was one of the people that I wanted to talk to and I didn't have to arrange it. She just came to me. I just was going to get my journal and just how the Lord arranged that. And then um, on the way back from the on the way back from Salta, there's this guy named Dario who is um, always messing around with people. The funny guy, you know, he just as Dean, <laughs> he's you know just a really funny guy, but really has a heart for the Lord. And he was sitting in a bus, and he, no one was sitting beside him, and he was just staring out the window. And normally he's not doing that. Normally he's messing with somebody or goofing around. And I just felt a nudging to go sit and talk to him. And there's plenty of reasons why I shouldn't. He's a single guy. I'm a single girl. In Argentina, when two single people are together, the rumors fly. And I was just like, oh, Lord, I, don't want, I, don't, I can't deal with that. But I ignored my, my feelings, my worries, my things. And I went and sat beside him, and I was like, what's going on? And this is all in Spanish, by the way, which wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have obeyed the other stuff before. And... um. And he just, like that, started opening up, and he was like, there's a song on it that says, I will give you the best, I will give you the best that I am. And he was like, I don't know if I can give the Lord the best that I am. He's like, I've been hurt so badly, and I have so many walls around my heart that I don't think I can ever love him with all that I have. 
And all of a sudden, from my experiences, I started sharing with him about how the Lord had healed me and my heart during the Randy Clark conference, which was another random story. And I was like, I know that the Lord can set you free. I was like, because he set me free. And I was like, and I never would have imagined to be so free in my heart. And I was like, and I know that he can do it. And I was like, but it all starts with forgiveness. I was like, if you have unforgiveness, you're just continuing to be attached to that and allowing that to influence you. I was like, have you forgiven those people? And he was like, no. And he was like, I need to. And I was like, all right, let's do it now. And he's like, okay. So he starts forgiving these people, forgiving himself, releasing them to his destiny. And he's, you know, crying and the Lord's there. And I'm like, so how do you feel? He's like, so free, so free. Thank you. And so then I'm like, um, and there was, during the whole week I had spent, I had hung out with him and the Lord had shown me things and I didn't even realize it. Like, um, his cousin was also part of the team and, and that he was always referred to as Fausto's cousin, not just Dario, or he was always referred to as the one who was always around the girls or the one who was always messing with people or just part of the worship team and never really as himself. And those were just things that I had heard or seen and I didn't even realize it. And I asked him, I was like, do you ever have a problem with feeling like you're not yourself or that you're always attached to something but you're not just Dario? And he was like, yeah. I was like, well, I want to take the place of all those people in your life who have said those things. And I was like, and I want to ask for your forgiveness. And so I started asking for forgiveness. I was like, I'm sorry for saying that you're just going after the girls. I'm sorry for saying that you're just messing around with people and that you can't take anything serious. And it was just like, he was like, from the bottom of my heart, I forgive you. And the Lord was reconciling things in his heart. And then it was just, it was incredible. And so then there was one other thing. What was it? Um, I'll do that one second. So, um, so the Lord is doing all this stuff and healing all this stuff. And there was one other thing, and I cannot remember for the life of me. Oh, yeah, that's the next day. But um, so, um, so the Lord does all this stuff, and it's incredible. And the Lord's just, oh, oh, I remember. Um, so I was like, well, you know what? You've got this wall around your heart, and I was like, you know, and it's, it's logical that you would have it because anytime that a hurt comes to you you're going to put a brick up to block that from ever coming near you again and that's what the walls is made up of each bad thing that happens to us we put a brick to block that and I was like the only way that that can come down is if the Lord comes and shows you the opposite of that brick that he is to you and that he's going to take that away and I was like, your heart is something. He he was saying, he was like, he was like, I don't just like something. He was like, I love it with everything that I am. And when that is broken, it kills me. And that hurt me so bad because that is something powerful that the Lord can use. And the enemy has put a wall around that. And I was like, your heart is powerful. It is not your fault that you're hurt. I was like, that's something that the enemy wants to use. I was like, but that's also something that the Lord has. And the enemy wants to break it and block it up. And the Lord wants to take those down tenderly. And I started coming with these opposite things. You know, I do have a plan for you. I will allow you to love again. I do have a wife for you. I have a ministry for you. I will allow you to do all these things that, and I don't, I can't even remember them all. And they're all in Spanish. And, and it was just like the Lord just started taking brick, brick, brick. And it was just like a foundation. The Lord was healing and doing all this inner stuff. And it was incredible. So we got back, that was sun, Sunday night, um, we got back in the morning, or we got back Sunday morning, um, and then the next day I find out that when they got back, him and his cousin were drinking mate along the coast in um, Corrientes, and they decided to walk up this bridge, and it's this huge bridge between Resistencia and Corrientes, and it's, um, there's been a lot of suicides there, there's, um, it's a problem they have, just people just jump off and kill themselves. And they, 
they have like guards up there and stuff now, but they was like, hey, let's walk up there, and, and it was cold and windy, and I've been up there before, and I mean, you can't wear earrings because it rips your ear holes out, and um, so they were like, let's go up there, so they're walking up there, and all of a sudden, this lady is running, and everyone's like, stop her, stop her, grab her, so they grab her, and they said she was so strong that the two of them couldn't hold her, so Daria puts his foot behind her heel and trips her down to the floor, and they start praying for her. And everyone's like, wait, wait, we've got to get her in the car. We've got to take her to the hospital and get her sedatives. And then another lady that was a bystander was like, no, no, no. I don't know what they're doing, but let them stay. It's working. And so they prayed for her, and she calmed down so much that she almost fell asleep. And she was trying to jump off the bridge to commit suicide. And so they, they pray for her, and then she gets up and, and gets back in the car, and the guy that's driving is like, thank you so much. And so they get in the car and leave, and they walk back down and pray in tongues and turn around and look at the bridge, and they're like, what just happened there? You know, what, what happened? Why did we go up there? What, you know, what would have happened if we wouldn't have? And just how that was the same day after the Lord had done all this stuff in Dario's heart, how the Lord sealed. You do have what it takes. You know, I have put this in you. You can do it. You know, just trust in me. Don't worry. I can do it all through you. So that was just an incredible story of how my, and it doesn't, it's not about me, but just how the obedience, the little steps of obedience, Spanish, learning Spanish, all these just little things to where that conversation wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have gone to Spanish church all last year. Uh, just so everything was built upon each other to where now I have no no doubts about my future, no doubts about, no worries, because I have seen the faithfulness of the Lord in so many little areas that when even though it seems so ridiculous, when I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and obey, the Lord is faithful again and again and again, and it's layer upon layer to where it's not just affecting my life, but it affects other people's lives. And when they get set free, it affects other people's lives, and it keeps going and going and going, but it all comes from our obedience and our heart. It's not about what we do, but it's about how we obey what the Lord tells us to do. So that was that, that for me was the... <laughs> one of one of the things that the Lord worked in me and it was incredible but it it's not something that ends there it was there was definitely a different spirit but it's something that the Lord is doing and it's something that just it can't stop there it's being obedient you know that happened here last year when I came back it didn't happen in Argentina it wasn't something that happens in a mystery land down there you know it was obedient here in the states when it was boring and I didn't want to go to Spanish church but I went, and the Lord was faithful to that. So I just want to encourage you to, no matter what, no matter what or how ridiculous the little nudgings of the Holy Spirit are, that when you follow those, it doesn't always come right then, but the Lord will prove himself faithful, and you will see the Lord proving himself faithful again and again to where you have absolutely no doubt that the Lord is going to come through because he has done it so many times in the past. So I'll let you tell that. Amen. Thank you for that sermon, Allison. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. You know? So, <laughs> Allison was batting very loudly up here because she's, she's learned to hear the voice of God. And that was her message, you know? That when you hear the voice of God, that's the most important thing in the world. And uh, I've said this over and over again. I said it again that we live in a critical hour. We must know the voice of God and obey. A lot rides on that. So, amen.
Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we thank you for um, for speaking to us, Lord. Lord, I ask you to give us all ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. There's been a lot said this morning, Lord, to individuals. I pray that you'd seal that word in their heart that it wouldn't be a Sunday morning thing, Lord, but it'd be a Monday morning, a Tuesday morning, and throughout the week, Lord God, that your word would grow deep, would be rooted, Lord, and bear fruit in individuals' lives. And God, that the words have been spoken into our church as a body, Lord. Lord, that we would take them to heart and we would act upon them just as Allison did. And Lord, that you would be glorified, that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we just thank you and praise you. Give you all the glory. All the credit is due to you, Lord. We take none for ourselves. Everybody can say amen to that. Amen. So, if you need to be healed this morning physically in your body as, as we dismiss this morning, I just want you to invite you to come up. And Allison will be here to pray for you in Spanish. <laughs> and uh, there will be some other people up here that can pray for you and see you healed. We believe that. So, um, unfortunately, due to, to the time factor, you know, Joe just spent this time in, uh, in New York City ministering on the streets in Times Square he described it on Wednesday night as smelly New York City. <laughs> but uh, anyway, and his son Adam produced a five-minute video clip that I wanted to roll. As we're, uh, you can be dismissed. I want to roll this thing so that you can you can stay in your seats and watch it if you want to. And uh, but uh, and then we can hear some more from Joe later on. <laughs> Sorry about that, Joe. So uh, God bless you. And again, come up for prayer if you need to be prayed for this morning. If we could have our ministry team just come up here to this corner. Thanks.